This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith, and thanks for tuning into Taiwan Talk. Dr. Jerome Keating has been in Taiwan since 1988, and today this self-described Taiwan advocate has established himself as a major participant in the Taiwan advocacy community by writing articles for local newspapers and publications on subjects such as history, defense, and local politics. Dr. Keating is also the author of several books on Taiwan, and his most recent book is a well-researched, engaging, colorful, and vivid look at the mapping of Taiwan. Well, I'm here today with uh, Dr. Jerome Keating. Okay, well, you can call me Jerome. (laughs) (laughs) I I only use the doctor when I feel I need to get some job advantage. (laughs) Right, sure. (laughs) A useful thing to have in front of your name, though. Right, right, right. And uh, you've published a brand new book about mapping Taiwan or maps about Taiwan. Right. And it's about Taiwan, of course, but it's also about mapping but it's also a little bit about how the world runs or how it works. And it's driven by desired economies, which can sometimes include greed. And it therefore often leads to coveted geographies by those who want to increase their desired economy. And then they map that area better. And that's part of the story of Taiwan, how it got dragged out of its isolation into the world. So you're saying that the process of Taiwan being mapped, so to speak, was driven by the desire of whatever conqueror at the time wanted Taiwan. So they would try to make more detailed maps so that they could have a stronger claim to the island? Right. I wouldn't necessarily be conquerors, but they would be people that needed to know you know what was around it for its shipping whether there were shoals or anything and also just how it fit in with their desired economies so who was the first uh, group of people to map taiwan okay uh that's a real good question i would probably say it had been mapped first by some people in the ming in the sense that they mapped it, it, there were a lot of islands out there. <laughs> Various sundry islands to the right, east. Right, that came down from the Ryukyu chain. And, you know, whether this one or that one was Taiwan, like there is a uh, Ming map by, in the book by Matteo Ricci, and Taiwan actually has the name on the Ming map of Okinawa. All right, and that was, uh, Ricci was the famous uh, Jesuit priest, right, who lived in China during that time. Right. Right. Okay. They, uh, so they weren't they weren't all that sure what was over there back then. Right. And you will find many of the maps will have the early maps have do not have Taiwan on the Tropic of Cancer. Wrong location, wrong right. shape. <laughs> yes, totally wrong shape. Uh, even the Spanish who were I would say probably the first western ones that mapped it as one island, many mapped it as three islands. Three islands. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And therefore, they had it like almost like a rectangular box. So uh, they were the first one to really, you know, map it and see it as one island and have it a little more closely on its uh, latitude. So how were they doing these maps back then? You, you basically sailed around an island and sort of just drew what you thought you saw at a distance? 
Okay, the and that would be one way. The a lot of map makers, of course, stole from each other and uh, borrowed from C charts of other people. So the map makers themselves all weren't often the ones that were actually on the sea. Okay, they were using other people's logs, other people's annotations, other people's descriptions. Interesting. So that, uh, so who got it right first? Wow. Let's see. Who got it right first? Uh, <laughs> You've got the, uh, the Spanish, the Portuguese. Right. The Portuguese didn't map it that much, even though a Portuguese ship named the island Formosa right. because they were on their way from Macau to Nagasaki and passed a little bit off their normal route and passed by it. But... Oh, I, I w- with that story, did they actually land in Taiwan? These no, not that ship, for sure. So they called it Beautiful Island without even landing on Taiwan? Right, right. <laughs> okay. And uh, there may have been some Portuguese here, but the Portuguese were never colonizers of Taiwan. Some people get that mixed up. And uh, the first colonizers from the West were the Dutch and then the Spanish uh, and I would say the Dutch were probably the first ones to really get it right or close to right mm-hmm. in its accurate shape. I'm Eric Smith. Tune in to Taiwan Talk tomorrow for more interesting info on the mapping of Taiwan. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Thanks for joining us on Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm continuing a chat with Dr. Jerome Keating, a writer, essayist, and author of several books on Taiwan. His latest, a beautifully illustrated look at the mapping of Taiwan. I asked Dr. Jerome about the challenges of mapping before the days of more modern technologies. It must have been really tough before the days of satellites or any any way of looking down on a territory because how can you map something from the horizon? Right. And, of course, the, also they had no way of determining the exactitude of longitude. They could get latitude accurately, but longitude was only for discovered or a way to use it correctly was around 1776, I believe. Uh, You have to have two clocks that will be endure seawater, salt air, etc. One will have to be the time of the place that you left, and the other will be the time where you are. And then you can figure longitude by the circumference of the earth. So figure, you know, 1770s, and uh, King George III had offered a big prize to those who would solve that issue. But, you know, the early settlements, and that's uh, 200 years after the colonizing of the West on Taiwan. Right. So as you were doing what must have been an incredible amount of research for this book, uh, what was one of the things that surprised you the most? I would say almost how one story leads to another story and how interconnected things are. For example... You know, Spain is sending its riches. It has colonized the Americas, and it is sending its riches from China and from some from Japan and its trade back on the Manila-Acapulco trade route, and then it is transported overland to the Caribbean and then, of course, sent to Spain. And that brings you into the whole Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Okay. <laughs> and there are pirates there. There were pirates in Asia. The 
and how these different people, you know, keep uh, crossing paths as they all desire their economies. So map making has always been somewhat political. Yes, the and the map maker himself or herself, if you know, would be wouldn't necessarily have political goals, but many times the people that would, of course, sponsor them. Or the government that was in charge at the time would give instructions, or right, or the you know the desired end, the desired economy would inevitably make it political. Even today, we see things like in the dispute between Taiwan and China, we'll see things like a map where Taiwan will be the same color as China, or in another map, it won't be. So you right. can tell just from the shading of a color that has no significance whatsoever except in the mind of the map maker, it, where their, their kind of political bent lies. Yes, the precisely. And in the book, I have two maps that follow each other. One is when the 1950s, a map by Chiang Kai-shek, which has Taiwan, but also the rest of China, and kind of says this is this is really all part of our land. Yeah, and it says does admit that the Mongolian border is under dispute, <laughs> but that's the only part. And then about the same time, there's another map from China that is just of Taiwan and says this is part of the motherland. Right. Uh, so right, politics is inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your goal or purpose in writing this book? Well, it kind of complemented the other books that I had written. One was A History of Taiwan. Another was its struggle for democracy. A third was its search for identity, which is still ongoing. And this one stepped back a little from Taiwan and put it in what I call the bigger gestalt of the world economies and all the other countries and their competing monopolies and how Taiwan was sometimes like an innocent bystander just maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the wrong time, but got pulled Stuck. into all of yeah, this. Yeah. Well, the man is Dr. Jerome Keating, and the book is The Mapping of Taiwan, Desired Economies, and Coveted Geographies. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Okay, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric Smith. Dr. Keating's book is available at local bookstores or from his publisher, Bookman. Please note that all Taiwan Talk episodes are available as free podcasts on iTunes or the ICRT website.